What's up? You'll hear it. Hey, this is Bob Deboo, the host of the Upright Citizens podcast. Got a question for you. How would you like to get inside the mind of one of the most recorded musicians of all time? Well, here's your chance. The legendary bassist Ron Carter will join the Open Studio community on June 14th for an exclusive one-time only live mentor session. You don't want to miss this. To learn the secrets to the maestro's iconic sound, gain insights to his unique musical mind in real time, pick his brain on his illustrious career, and get answers that'll propel your music to new heights. Join today and unlock your free 14-day trial at openstudiojazz.com. Then you'll be able to not only join the maestro in this exclusive conversation, but dig into his brilliant course, Blueprint for Jazz Bass, and so much more. So sign up now. Peace. What's up, everybody? Peter Martin here. On the pod today, we have a very special guest, none other than Anat Cohen. Friend of the pod, but she hasn't been on in a while. We had a great discussion just now. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. We talked about her new record, touring during the pandemic, after the pandemic, uh, her artistry, her vision on her music, and just a bunch of fun stuff. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with Anat Cohen. see when uh, when Hugh Laurie um, participates in Fred Hirsch's clinic. That'll be good. Uh, he seems to be, Hugh seems to be more partial to Adam. That's true. So far. Oh, I can't, ex- I was very happy when I saw that tweet. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we're starting the interview now, Okay, right? let's go for it. No, no, I'm saying we just started already. Oh, we just started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Welcome yes. or not. Good yeah, to see you. Good to see you. My Peter. friend. My friend Peter Martin. I mean, I, I never know whether or not to think about you as my friend or one of my favorite artists because you're both and you're many other things as well. But um, I'm such a fan of yours and such a friend and I love your music. I'm so excited about your new uh, project and we're going to talk about that if that's cool. Sure. And um, I mean, you know, during the pandemic and way before your music has uh, illuminated our household, especially when I was home a lot. Uh, because not just because we're friends, but because I love the music. And I, you know, I'm always saying like your creative output over the last 15 to 20 years, I think uh, in terms of quality music and quantity, hitting that, that spot between those is unparalleled. I mean, we both know a lot of great artists that we work with, but no one has hit that high level mark more than you have. So honored to have you here. I, I, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Please stop. No, nah, it's facts. That's facts. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I, you know, I'm such a huge fan of yours. I've been, I love the way you play. I love your musicianship. And I love everything you do educationally. And then just how free you are as a person to, to be yourself. And the fact that you're a runner. Yes. Well, we have that. We have shared the treadmills. Well, two separate treadmills several <laughs> times on the road before. That's true. That was before you were running marathons, though. That was. That was. That was when I was. That was when I was starting up. Um, but let's. Can we jump right to the new project, and then we'll sure. work our way back as we need to. First of all, welcome to the pod. You're already a friend of the pod. Everybody loves you on the pod. Um, you jumped in a couple of weeks ago, and we were so excited when we realized that your schedule was lining up. You're in town actually performing in just a few hours at the Sheldon Concert Hall uh, with your quartet. Uh, I'm so looking forward to this performance. I've had it marked on my calendar for a while. Um, since I told you about it. Since you told ago. me about it, exactly. Well, no, I knew about it. I just didn't <laughs> know it was coming up this quick. Um, but tell us about Quartetino, your new record, your new kind of newish group, although I know you've been playing with these 
great musicians for a while. Uh, but it's a new record, but it's also you're starting a tour tonight, I believe, kind right. of Midwestern, West Coast kind of thing. Right. So how's that? Uh, okay, so, so this band, um, it's called Quartetinho. Quartetinho. Or Quartetinho, if yeah. you really, I'm trying to say it for the people that can imagine how it's written. It's like, it means little quartet. Right. Portuguese, and, uh, right? In port yeah. If you yeah. make something inyo, you make it small. Right. But it's not. But wouldn't a little quartet be like a trio or a duo? <laughs> Potentially. But you know what? I thought about it because the guys, um, okay, I'm going to start with, the, with saying the names of the guys. So yes. I, I, I wanna, don't want to keep people in the suspense here. Yeah. So um, um, we have... Um, James Ship from Maryland, yeah, um, from Columbia. Why do you say it so so plainly, Maryland? <laughs> from Maryland, we no. can't all be from Tel Aviv. I'm sorry. No, from on the Maryland. Mediterranean, because he's the American in the band. Right. The American right. in the band from Columbia. Now, was that like a like a tax situation? You're required to have one or yeah, one American. <laughs> well, no, it's okay. I'm, a, I'm also an American citizen. <laughs> That's right. But uh, but uh, we have um, James Ship. He's a, is, is an incredible musician, and uh, yeah. he plays uh, in the band. He plays vibraphone. He plays percussion. He plays some synths. Some some sounds and uh, and uh, he's a very uh, very creative uh, person and that uh, unpredictable, which yeah. is which which I love. Uh, and then we have uh, a Brazilian piano player, accordion player, Vitor Gonçalves. Vitor. Vitor Gonçalves, and uh, which is a swinging, grooving person and uh, and um, and. A joy to work with. Wait, a swinging, grooving musician from Brazil? That's yes. so hard to find, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> you know, swing pa caramba. Okay. And then we have uh, an Israeli bass player, guitar player, uh, Tal Mashiach. Mm -hmm. He plays a seven string guitar. And uh, so, and I play clarinet and bass clarinet in this band. And since they're all members of the Tentet, and that's how Quartetinho became because I was like, oh, it's like the big ensemble and then a smaller version of the Tentet. It's the Quartetinho, so Little Quartet. That's where the name came from. And, um, and um, we've been playing together, obviously, with the Tentet. We've been playing together for a few years, but I always wanted to explore this, this um, kind of chamber uh, because you can go different direction with this band. So you can either go almost like chamber jazz, like mm. we go with a vibraphone and accordion and... And, and the bass and the clarinet, or the bass clarinet, or then you can go to like the Fender Rhodes and the percussion and, and, and guitar. And so there's a lot of like different sounds and that, that uh, instrument, instrumentation that you can get from this band. And they're also very open-minded musicians, so you can, you know, they're okay with, with going like more to the classical way and mm -hmm. some through composed or, or written, you know, written scores and, and free play, completely free, like mm. uh, just experiment with sounds and, and the ambience of the room. So, so it, there's a lot of possibilities, and, and um, I just I love this band, and I am I'm, I'm I'm proud of this project, and uh, I'm excited to start a tour tonight. We're gonna be in the Midwest. We're gonna go to Seattle. We go to Israel. We're gonna go to all kinds of places. Midwest to the Middle East. Exactly. That's how we, that's do, how it. we do it. <laughs> so with the you know, one thing that struck me about this particular, and I've heard you in many different situations, you know, different instrumentations, smaller, larger things that we played together, of course. But what struck me about this particular instrumentation, it's a quartet, but it's not a traditional, like the main thing that kind of pulls it out of being a typical jazz quartet is the lack of drum set. Right. There's a lot of percussion that comes in and out and is used in different ways. And I think it's such a refreshing kind of a sound because not only 
to me, you know, in terms of listening to the record, and I'm so eager to hear it tonight, the, you don't miss the drum set, but it's also, we realize like how much that defines groups in a wonderful way in what we do. I mean, be it, you know, a larger group or a piano trio or anything, but when you don't have the drums, but you still have the percussion, it's a very different kind of thing. It opens up some different avenues. And I'm wondering, was that kind of intentional on your part or did that kind of just come out of the personnel when you wanted to break it down to these four? It's, it's both. I mean, it's what it's the instruments that the guys are playing, but also the idea of, of not having a, a, a drum set, uh, and a, a drummer per se. You, it, it gives an opportunity for everyone in the band to be the drummer. Mm. And, uh, and it's something that I love to, to explore, to, to be able to play the rhythm. And when sometimes when you, you don't have a drummer, you have more rhythmic responsibilities mm. and more opportunities to, to be playful with the feeling the time and playing the time, you know. And, and, and of course, the piano is a percussive instrument. The, the vibraphone is a percussive instrument. The, the, the guitar can, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I, I like to explore the, the percussive side of, of, of playing when the music requires uh, and, or, or asks for it. So, so it's nice to, to explore without a drummer. I mean, I like both. Well, and, but I've, I've always felt that you're playing on the clarinet in particular, but you're a very groove-oriented player. Like you're always getting right inside whatever the, the groove is. And so I think the percussiveness is something that comes out in your playing very naturally. It's like such a great asset. And so having a little bit more space for that is really exciting. You know, and well, let's just, can we listen to a little bit? Sure. Because then it'll make more sense than me talking about it. I'll be proving it. Ah. So this is, I love the whole album, but this is Louisiana and this is your tune, right? Yes. And so this is great because there's originals from, um, are there originals from everybody in the band? Yeah, except uh, uh, Vitor didn't, uh, we didn't end up recording one of Vitor's tunes. But, oh, he's uh, holding back. He was he's charging holding too back. much. He's holding back. He's holding for yeah, the next yeah. record. And then there's some great um, Brazilian covers as well. But this is uh, Louisiana by Anat Cohen. Have you been to Louisiana? Yeah. Yeah. Because you sound like you were born there on this track. Yeah. But let's listen. <laughs>
Okay, ooh, I always hate to do this, but I want to talk to you some more about this. Yeah. Sounds bad. You guys sound great on this. The recording, the audio quality, the the immediacy of the instruments. It's, it's really just a, a, I highly recommend this record. We'll have a link below, as we always do, to pick this up. And it's on your own uh, label. Yes. Um, which which is fantastic. But I mean, that's what I was talking about. The, the playing, obviously, is stellar. Uh, but the recording quality, the way that you program these records, I've always been such a fan of that. And I wonder if you could talk specifically about this. You have a lot of like three minute, four minute, you know, I think the longest thing on here is eight minutes, but not even so much specific to how long they are. To me, you put together an album that's a story so well. You know, the stuff that's longer is longer for a reason. Like those are really short solos, but they yeah. were very like, filled with life and joy and like appropriate for the track and especially if you listen to this record from beginning to end which i highly recommend like once you get here it makes sense you know and i feel like it's something that we don't talk about a lot maybe it's like if you've got it you've just got it but it especially helps some of the younger players that are trying to think about doing this like how do you go about programming you know you can play you know you got some good players but how do you put together to make these cohesive statements you know, there's a there's a few uh, there's a few ideas, um, a few thoughts that, that that I keep in mind when I go in the studio, and 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 I think when when there's long solos, they have to have a reason to be long, mm. and when you play a song like that, is a blues that is 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 a fun groove, and and yes, we could have each played five choruses or ten choruses, but I wanted to keep the essence of of the song, and so I chose to. To say, oh, okay, just two choruses each person, just to have it's a very traditional way of like, okay, well, just two choruses and out. So if you you know try to say what you want to say in, in two choruses, and um, and with this band, we we definitely we rehearsed a bunch. We we started to to rehearse this music right before the pandemic. We did mm. our first official show in New York City at the Miller Theater on March seventh, twenty twenty, and March eighth they shut down the city. Yeah, so. We waited a couple of years until we got together again and revised the material so we, we, everybody can, can sit on it for a second. But when we got into the studio, we had all these ideas and all these songs, and I wasn't even sure that everything that we recorded was going to make the, the album. I was mm. like, let's record what we have and then see. And I have to say that when talking about sequencing for an album, which is something that I, I was thinking about a lot and 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 while I'm thinking about it, I kept thinking, but nobody listens to the full albums anymore. People right. listen to a song, so I'm right. like, is this a waste of time? And then I couldn't decide on the sequence because this band has the kind of like more dance side mm -hmm. and the, the, the more like chamber music, like kind of gentle. And um, so it was very hard to decide how to, to put it together. And I actually, I wrote the names of the of all the songs on little cards and I... And I put them all in front of me, and I start <laughs> changing the order and sit there and try to imagine. And I say, well, what does this statement mean? And starting with, and every, and you know, the way you start an album, I think it's, it's uh, I mean, I could have started the album with, with the kind of more rocking song, yeah. and then it's one statement. And then I decided, I chose to decide with kind of, you know, pretty free, it's free improvisation. Yeah. It's very different. I'm like, okay. Whoever is not up for the for the challenge, we're gonna lose them on this first track, and then whoever wants to join the ride, they're gonna stick around and they're gonna go other places. So yeah, it's kind of like okay, if you're not serious, 
Bye, see you later. That's so, I, I mean, I'm not surprised at all that, that there was that level of intentionality to it because the way, I, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is because you started with the Baroque-esque free kind of like what some would see it should be in the, what could have been in the middle of the record where you would build up to that. And so as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, she's saying something in terms of, I, I didn't feel like it was not so much like this is what this record's gonna be, because I knew it wasn't gonna all be like that, but it was saying something in terms of like, time to listen. Like this is a different, and it, you know, not that we're not trying to listen to everything, but specifically, like, we're, we're going to go on a journey here. This is just part of what that journey, that's what it said to me. And that's, I mean, I'm projecting a little bit because then I went on and listened and I felt how it unfolded. But to me, that's a very exciting thing still about making an album and not just listening to a track. I mean, yeah, I can jump around and I do that and, you know, we'll have our favorite tracks and be like, oh, I love this solo. I love this thing they did on this part. That's fun, too. But in terms of, like, I find, especially the first few times you can listen to a record, because you can never have that first impression again, because you've, you've seen yeah. the movie. But right. a great movie, you want to see it again, and then you want to go deeper. And there's, there's a lot of really, um, you know, depth in here. So how are you going to start the concert tonight? That's what I should ask you. Like, do you look at that differently than in terms of programming an album? Um, yeah, I think it depends. Um Sometimes, of course, it depends on, on, on the venue where we are mm. and, and, and on the, you know, if we're in a club, mm. it's one, maybe one way of starting, but in a concert hall, that way of starting, starting with James's song, Baroque in Spirit, is, is also, it starts so mysterious and so it gets everybody to immediately to pay attention, right? Mm. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a way to grab the attention of the audience. Okay, I'll mark that down. I'll hold you to that tonight. We will <laughs> be hearing that first, or I will be leaving. No, no problem. Great. That's great, great, great. Um, so how have you been, you know, back touring again, back traveling around the world? I mean, you've always been, you're a, you're a traveler at heart. You're, so are you. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we've, we've played together, but we've also seen each other all around the world. We've traveled together, and I think that, you know, um, nobody gets to the point, certainly for as long as I've been doing this, but even for as long as you've been doing this, if you don't love beyond just the music, you know what I mean? Uh, but how have you found traveling again now kind of post pan are we, are we post-pandemic? I guess we are. Whatever we're yeah. calling this period, you know. Just as just when I thought I was out, they proved me <laughs> That's right, right. Back in. In this new, whole, the new period, yeah. This, the, because it's, it seems like it's just not ending. There's another yeah. whole other thing going on, so... And actually, James just recovered from COVID, or, or you know, oh, okay. so he's just. I was like, oh man, I'm glad you're done with it right before right. the tour. Because well, that's uh, what we like to do on the podcast. We like to announce different musicians' COVID status. So that's perfect. See? Oh, that's not something you're <laughs> no, supposed to talk. Of course we can. <laughs> oh, you're oh, the band leader. You can do whatever you want. What do you mean? It's, is this is this a C supposed to be a <laughs> no, secret? No, no, not at all. No, not it's, it's uh, I mean, hey, it's like if it's you manage to infection. if you manage to not get COVID for like two and a half years during a pandemic, that's pretty impressive. Well, I made it oh, uh, more friends. than two years. The problem is you start to think, you know, he still has, you still haven't had COVID. Look, we're, we're going to talk about everybody. But it's like you start to think that you're special. Yeah. Exactly. And so then when I did get it, I was like, I mean, I'm on a nine-hour flight from Belgium to Chicago with my mask on and the woman's next to me, like, coughing the whole flight with no mask. And then they bring the food around and I'm like, well, I got to eat, so I take my mask off. But I'm thinking, oh, I'm so special. It's not going to yeah. happen to me. Turns out it did because of that. But anyway... Um, no, but I mean, just in general, like how are you finding the audiences? I mean, obviously the travel's different and stuff, but people's embrace of the music, are you finding like, there's, is it kind of letting 
are, are you jumping back in where we left off or is it a different kind of adjustment period? You know, I feel like um, we are, um, uh, the, the performers are, are, are adjusting. I mean, now I'm a little bit more used to it and I can, I can expand on that for a second. But, but um, I feel like the audience is adjusting. And, mm. and what I find is, especially, you know, because we play in venues that, you know, sometimes some, old, some of the audience is older audience. And, yeah. and it was real traumatic for them. And, and yeah. then a lot of people are still just now starting to go out and, and, and go out to see shows. And, 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 and I feel like, you know, not having the stage for me and saying, okay, could I live without it? What if I never go on stage mm. anymore? Mm. And I was like, because, you know, before the pandemic, it was never a question. That's what we do. That's what I live for. I, I love being on stage. I want to be, and I still love being on stage. But the pandemic kind of um, gave me this, okay, what if I, what if it never comes back? Mm. And there's no live shows. And right. am I going to be okay? And I'm like, okay. I'm, I am going to be okay. Um, but it also got me much more appreciative of the fact that people invite me to play mm. and give me a stage to, to perform and make music and, and communicate with people. And this whole concept of, of, of shared experience between us musicians on stage and the, and the musicians on stage and the audience and feeling something together, which became such... Uh, in so much need during the pandemic, it's it, it for me it became so much more valuable. So I mm. go to places being like, oh my God, thank you for, I'm so grateful to to be able to 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 be on stage and to share my music, and I'll I'll keep doing it until uh, you know they don't want me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Oh, we we're we're gonna keep wanting you for a long time, no doubt. <laughs> but that's that's very um, prescient what you're saying, just in terms of. It sounds like you, you, I think we all as artists had to deal with like, yeah, what if things don't come back or if it's different or we just had that time to like take a breath and really kind of think about and reevaluate and see kind of where we were. I think we all felt like the music doesn't change the relationship, but we don't see each other. Everybody's like this pause period. So it's not like you, and I know you did a lot of playing. I want to talk about that just a little bit. Um, and practicing and stuff. So it's not like your skills are going down. If anything, they might have got better even. But I mean, I think that the relationship does change. You did some performances. There's two in particular that I'm thinking about. One was the Tiny Desk that you and Marcella did. Mm -hmm. And then you did a, um, an at-home concert for us at Open Studio, actually, that was some of the most beautiful playing that I heard you know, during this time where you got to hear people in sort of different situations, it's like, oh, I can't wait to see a knot when I go up to New York or when I'm at the Nice Jazz Festival, whatever. But now it's like, wait, she's in my living room live, but she's in Brazil in this intimate duo with this amazing guitarist, like playing, like, is this real or is it recorded? No, this is happening now halfway around the world. And it was, it was just, it was stunning. First of all, the playing was stunning. That's what was so amazing about it. But there was an intimacy there when you're like on our big TV with my good speakers in the living room and me and Kelly are sitting there. I had a little bottle of wine going, not going to lie. But, um, you know, it was a very, like, you really, I know it was different for all musicians. We all dealt with this as we needed to family and work. I mean, it was a crazy time for the whole world. But I felt like you, um, I could feel through the music, and we talked some during this period, but mostly just f through your music, like you, if anything, deepened your relationship with your artistry, with your art, with, with your instrument and stuff. And I, I just, I would love to hear whatever thoughts you have about that, about that period, playing in your apartment in, in Brazil, but it going <laughs> around the world. 
Yeah, it's a, it, it, I, you know, actually the way you said, the way you describe it right now, it's like, oh, wow, you're right. I was playing in Brazil and you were listening to me in St. Louis and, and we were sharing a moment. And actually in that uh, show that we did for, for Open Studio, we played with Romero Lobambo and actually we played live. I don't know how we did it, but yeah. we played a song that we played and to, at the same time, yep. and and even with the latency, y'all made you all made pulled it the work together. and yeah. and um, and you know it's kind of like I think that that side of like of doing shows it's it's cl was closer to the experience that we have when we go into the studio and record mm. because right. it's it's not the same experience as as when you're on stage and you're feeling everybody and you're like sharing this the massive amount of sound that comes from all the monitors everything in the studio is a little sterile yeah. you're just you're yeah. isolated with your headphones and you imagine that you're inside this massive amount of sound but in reality you're like under a magnifying glass of every little click of the, the instruments and every note that you know comes out is like whoa everybody can hear everything especially when after that you go to the console and and somebody just isolates your instrument you're like Ooh. <laughs> right super so, sterile so, <laughs> so so being the, the the pandemic was kind of like that you yeah. suddenly had like it was oh how do i sound yeah is this is this on <laughs> hello <laughs> and and um and it was it was interesting you kind of had to it, it kind of built a lot of like a lot of Almost like trust is like okay, I'm delivering the, the the most honest performance I can I can deliver, and I'm still maintaining my craft and 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 trying to be you know because the craft I mean technique is one thing but but the connection that you have with the instrument it's 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 beyond the technique when you're an improvising musician I feel like yeah you can play fast okay great but if you're not having this habit of playing with the instrument and, and the constant flow of ideas that you practice in kind of daily or at least every other day that you can mm -hmm. actually get this machine oiled, then yeah. when it comes moments to perform, you, you're preoccupied with things that take you away from the moment. So the moment is, you're no longer in the moment. So you cannot improvise and you cannot create because you're preoccupied. So the, the idea of the pandemic was how to, yeah, let's not call it. I like to call it the quarantine time. Quarantine was uh, <laughs> it's a little nicer. Uh, that that um, that you really kind of had to not lose that connection mm. with the with the, with the flow and and um, actually your the beautiful thing about education online was so inspiring mm -hmm. and and your open studio courses that that I got to to watch in your classes that you, you did, and also you did the challenge that everyday practicing <laughs> thing, and, and, and little, but every little things gave so much uh, hope and something to hold to and say, okay, I'm inspired because somebody else is doing it. So it gave us a whole other like understanding our own struggles and, and dealing with them globally, which was mm. really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and you realize, it's hard this is it's hard for everybody right right you know? so it's it's i don't know i kind of went off the the, quer the topic no, question but i mean that's your you you bring such a even pre-quarantine pandemic period you've always been not only a global ambassador for this music jazz and also for the clarinet and and for your very specific you know specific artistry um 
But I always feel like in the jazz world, you're one of our global ambassador. You know, you and, and Romero and like several Brazilian musicians, a few European music. I mean, American musicians are great. I know you're American too. That's what I'm saying. You're like, and your band is, you know, from three continents and stuff. But just even that, like we don't have, we have a lot of great musicians all around the world. And, and that's been fun, I know, for both of us to, you know, to meet them, not just the hotbeds like Brazil, of course, but even like Japan and Poland and different places. And you realize though, you know, Israel, you know, Israel's definitely one of those places where it's a hotbed because everybody knows a lot of good players. But there's that, but then there's the people like you that are really comfortable, you know, speaking several languages, having lived on several different continents, where you bring a global uh, vision and uh, a kind of a global understanding of the world that goes beyond just music. But then you pull that back into our little world of jazz. That's why I said you're like one of the global ambassadors. You know, it's like Herbie Hancock, you, Romero, people that really, you know, <laughs> thank um, you for putting me Lionel, the, the, Lionel, you know, Lionel folks that are, that are, that, that understand the world. I mean, we all do to a certain degree, but we all know, like some musicians travel around the world and it's like, they haven't really, they're amazing players, but they don't really go anywhere. Like they're staying in the room, they're going to play and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just their, their thing is more like, I'm just going to play. I could, I could be anywhere. But you, you, you tailor your music. I've seen you do this depending on where you are in the world. Like it's for that audience and stuff. And so, I mean, it doesn't mean you're playing Polish polkas when yeah. you're in Poland. You're playing your music, but it's my like, people. Yeah, exactly. Our people. Our, our people. people. <laughs> and um, but I think that that it's it's just a very, it's a great spirit that's always actually been in part of the origins of this music. You know, in terms of like you know migrancy and, and these types of things, blues. You talk about St. Louis, right where we are. Scott Joplin, Cuba, New lived, Orleans, Cuba, New Orleans. Yes, yeah, Scott Joplin. You know, half a mile, a quarter mile from here was where he lived. And oh. you know, the New Orleans musician talking about Louisiana came up on the riverboats, got off, ragtime and New Orleans. I mean, that whole thing that was pre-jazz. So I mean, it's always been part of the music. So I think that that's just a cool kind of intersection that you bring as well. Still, so thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for. Saying all those things. And thank you. Well, no, thank you for your words on Open Studio. And folks can leave this in the comments if you want. We're on the YouTubes now, by the way, too. Ah. Not live. We're not live. But this will be on the YouTube Hold soon. Hold on, YouTube. Wait, <laughs> <let> me, uh... <clears throat> but you can leave in the comments. But, you know, Adam and I were just talking. The only thing missing right now, well, there's several things. But the main thing missing is in a not Cohen course. So we're going to put you on the spot for that. Because you've been telling me for years you're ready to come. I want to do it. Okay. I, I want to do it. Okay. We'll, we'll discuss how Can how we get the paperwork? Can we get the... Okay, well, we'll do that afterwards. No, I, it's going to happen. <laughs> Good. Let's do it. Good. Well, we're excited for it. Let's do it. I'm we're working. excited. You some, kind of already things. are on because you're featured on Fred Hirsch's brand new course, um, Duos, The Art of the Duo. And so you have some amazing performances there that really inspired his instruction on it, too, in terms of how to collaborate. Um, there's three guest artists um, your, yourself, a wonderful vocalist, Gabrielle, whose last name is escaping me now. And, um, well, it's, it's bass, piano. And Drew Grass, right? Drew yeah, Grass Drew Grass, Grass, bass and piano, vocals, piano. You guys are all separate, but in duo situations right. with Fred. And so we already consider you part of the family for that. So. I, well, I've always feel, uh, mm. uh, felt a part of the family. And uh, since I walked into the headquarters of Open Studio in your previous location, actually. That's right. That's right. 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 Uh, and uh, I, I love what you're doing. I think it's incredible. And, and, and you guys, you know, you inspire. Well, if you're willing to stick around, we can actually get uh, Adam's off today. He's got a little vacation, but he doesn't need to come back. I have a new co-host. I don't know if you're willing to cancel your tour. We could do it remote, but. Do we need Adam anymore? Yeah. We got, we got a much smarter, Adam is better. We have a better, smarter, 
better looking uh, co-host than Adam. We're going to edit this part out. No, we're not. We're going to leave it on. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Laurie. I'm sorry. Hugh Laurie's favorite, favorite pianist in the world. So, Oh, fun fact about that before I let you. I know you got to go to your sound check. Um, Hugh Laurie. I'm, full disclosure here. So those that didn't hear, Hugh Laurie gave us a big shout out. Right. Um, on uh, Twitter the other day, Open Studio and Adam in particular, I guess Hugh Laurie, okay, I had never heard of Hugh Laurie until two days ago. What? I don't know how. I, I was, you know, when I was younger, I used to pretend like I knew people. I don't know how. I'd never seen the show, but there's a lot of things I haven't seen, but I've usually heard of them or I've seen it. so amazing. I know, I'm like texting all my kids, like, oh yeah, Hugh Laurie, of course, and my wife, I, everybody knows him. Oh. So I'm looking forward to learning more about him, but he's a big fan of Adam and Open Studio, so. Anyway. I know, man, because Open Studio rocks and Hugh Laurie <laughs> rocks, but and Adam rocks, so yeah. this is good, man. Yeah. This is very, very, it made me very happy when I saw that, that post that Adam did. That's yeah, like, okay. well, he's definitely deserving it, as are you. So all the best wishes for the concert tonight, for the tour coming up, for the new album, Quartetino. Everybody go out and check that out. Um, and another thing like that I do is if you go and just go to... You know, any of Anat's recordings on Spotify, I do it there because I'm lazy, but you can go wherever you get your music. But like I said that, you know, Anat is, you are a purveyor of some of the best recorded music over the last 20 years. So you really can just even go on random on Spotify and just, you're going to be surprised with something great. Of course, you've collaborated with Fred Hirsch and many others too, yeah. but really m mostly the stuff that you've headed up is, is, is the greatest stuff, so. You know. well, and then there's Artemis. We have to have you back to talk about Artemis. We're not, we're not even going to talk about that today. All right, fine. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy that I, I, I got here in time to, to come and, and have a little chat with you and, and yeah. to be part of this incredible space where if you're in St. Louis, yeah. you've got to come over here. That's right. That's right, for sure. Well, thank you, Anat. Thank you. Peter. Until next time. Until next time. What do we say? You say you'll hear it. You'll hear it. There you go. <laughs> Say it again. Until next time. You'll hear it. That was good. <laughs> we didn't rehearse that. See, it just happened. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <Anat. laughs>